0: Welcome to the Sovereign Love Stream podcast with your hosts Danny and Vanessa Panzella Velez.
1: Join us and special expert guests as we discuss love, sex, parenting, psychedelics, and spirituality.
0: Please subscribe now and join us bi weekly on Sundays at SovereignLoveStream.com for our live video broadcast.
1: Please check out our social media on censorship free platforms like Minds.com. Float.app and odyssey.com.
0: Find links to all of our social media at sovereignlovestream.com.
1: If you would like to support our show with an energy exchange, please visit us at patreon.com slash sovereignlovestream.
0: Thank you for listening. Enjoy the podcast.
1: <laughs> Hello everyone. Hello,
0: happy Friday, December 31st of 2021.
1: Give me one second.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. We're
1: back after a long hiatus.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> All right. There we go. All right. Sorry about that. We're back. It's not Sovereign Sunday, but it's Sovereign Friday. Sovereign Friday. Sovereign beginning of the new year, 2022, which is going to be more sovereign than ever. Yes. As we continue on this path of increasing our embodiment of sovereignty. A lot of changes have happened uh, since the last time we saw you guys. Our last show was last spring. We did the Spring Equinox show, and then we did one more show after that before we took our break. Um, We've been going through a lot of uh, different things and, uh, you know, we're going to share some of that today and then we're going to set intentions for 2022.
0: Yes. Um, First of all, we want to say thank you to everybody that has ever tuned in to our live stream, our love stream. Um, Anyone who's ever shared it, liked, commented, um, thank you to all of the people that have joined us um, in our ceremonies in our offerings uh, who've gotten readings from us and um, all the people we've met this year. We've met a lot of amazing people, and we're super grateful to everyone uh, that's on this path with us.
1: Mm -hmm. And you may have noticed crawling around back behind me. We also got a new puppy this year. A few months ago, we have an eight month old lab, German Shepherd mix. So he is very, strong-willed and insisted on being up here with us while we're doing while we're doing the show so he may make some cameos now he's going to the floor um he may make some cameos and may do some whining because he's a, he's a little bit of a whiny puppy but, oh, looks like he's going into his crate to have a nap so maybe maybe we won't get to see him but that's one of the major upgrades and just a note on that i was a stay-at-home dad for the first couple of years of my son's life having a puppy Way more challenging than having a human baby. I mean, like, you, you can put a diaper on a baby. You don't have to walk a baby every two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been quite a challenge to have a brand new puppy. Um, but you know, we learned a lot of lessons from having the puppy. Patience, not attachment to like how, I was used to having things done like the way I, I'm used to having the house. Now we had to puppy proof the house. Like, you know, some of it has been very inconvenient. And, um, but it taught me, it's been teaching me and continues to teach me patience. I feel like we're finally, Cookie and I, the puppy's name is Cookie. We're finally at this place where we have this mutual respect and understanding. It took us a while. It was a little rough.
0: (laughs) There was was definitely um, a challenge of sovereignty in that dynamic as well, because there's, you know, um, especially a puppy needs to know that there's a strong leader of the pack and if you as a as a dog parent or owner or however you want to call yourself are not in that place of um you know in your power in your if you're not centered the dog can totally feel that and it's it can be a total disaster so there was a time where there was some of that power struggle oh yeah (laughs) i was power struggling big time with
1: that puppy (laughs)
0: yeah and that was actually one of the huge uh like a, a really huge revelation of like oh my god you're in a power struggle with the dog
1: you can't fake it right the dog can sense your how much in your sovereignty you are you really can't fake it so i could be saying the words but if i wasn't really feeling the authority if i was frustrated with him or like even there were moments when i was angry and i'd be screaming and He would just bark back at me because he's not phased by my fake show, my like deflated or shadow masculine coming out in an aggressive way. That's not sovereignty. And he knows that. So he's just like, dude, you're yelling at me. So I'm going to yell at you back because, you know, you're not, I'm not going to obey you when you're acting like this. (laughs) Um, But that's why I say we've kind of gotten to this place now where I learned that lesson. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes because it was a part of a much bigger lesson that all tied together. Um, unless there's anything else you want to say oh, or I could get into that.
0: Jump right in. <laughs> all right.
1: So for me, one of the things, I, I think one of the themes of 2021 for me was embodying my masculine um, in a more balanced way. So I've always been somebody that... Um, I'm not going to say feminine, but I've always been more comfortable with the feminine. I've always been very open with my feelings and uh, very comfortable in that, like talking about my feelings and expressing myself that way. Um, I've never been when I've not. I've never been into sports. I'm not very physical. Um, I'm not a fighter. I've run from many fights in my life, literally. Like somebody would take the first swing and I would just take off. Um, So I've never, I haven't really, let me say this, I'm I was called in this past year to step more into a balanced masculine role. Um, and I was challenged on that cookie challenged me. Um, I've been a part of this group called um, sacred sons. It's a men's work group and they do retreats for men and it's, it's been really powerful another huge um, influence on my life in 2021. And they really helped me um, to learn these lessons of uh, embodying a balanced, healthy, masculine. And so at the Sacred Sons, they do this thing that's called sacred combat. And um, it's it's basically any, there's a ring and anybody can choose to get into the ring and any fighting style you like, boxing, MMA, grappling, whatever it is, the, the participants choose it. And so part of me felt attracted to it and like wanting to do it. And I was at the last, or uh, I was at one of the retreats last spring and um, I'm standing there and I'm watching these fights and I'm saying, yeah, you know, part of me wants to do it partially because I felt uncomfortable. That was one of the things I learned with the ice baths, right? I didn't want to do the ice baths. I hate the cold, but because I felt uncomfortable with it, I wanted to challenge myself to do it anyway. Well, this was kind of the same thing where... I felt like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but I should challenge myself this way. So as I'm standing there watching this, these these fights, um, my ego said, if you are in that ring, you're going to be humiliated in front of these men. Don't do it. I said, all right, fine. I gave in. I gave in to my ego and I did not participate in the spring. Well, Um, About a month ago, I was in Portland for another retreat, and they were doing the the grappling again, and I did not fight this time. However, during the training that day, I did spar with one of my instructors, one of uh, of my group leaders, I should say, and it was the first time I had really ever done that, and man, it was exhausting, but the lesson that I learned from that, and actually, I want to tell the story of, of the fight, of the fighting that night um first of all just to set the scene we're on the coast of portland it's where the forest meets the sea and we're on the beach we're doing the sacred um uh, Combat. combat on the beach and it's almost sundown so these guys they're choosing their opponents they're setting their agreements then after each fight they would each get on the microphone and talk about the fight like oh, I appreciated this, this fighting style of this guy, or or I really felt the compassion from him. And and I was sitting there and I was like, wow, I was in tears. I was literally crying because I was so moved and touched by the fact that these men were, this wasn't fighting. This isn't barbaric, which is kind of what my initial reaction was. Uh, this is like barbaric. It's like toxic masculinity. It's like you know, men having to beat each other up. And I realized that's not at all what this was. This was men making an agreement out of respect and compassion for each other and then playing. It was play the way puppies play. We bring Cookie to the dog park every morning and puppy play, the the wrestling, it's an important part of dogs learning how to socialize with each other so that they're not barking or attacking other dogs because they don't see other dogs. They're always in the house and just going on walks with their own, right? So all of this com- all of this is happening at the same time, right? Getting the puppy, going to the sacred combat. So it's all kind of like I'm putting these pieces all together. Um, anyway, fast forward to recently, there has been this guy in our neighborhood who has been doing some things in the neighborhood that have been upsetting people. Um, and I felt very strongly that I needed to set a boundary with this guy and confront him. And so I was wrestling with how I'm going to go about doing this. Do I need to, um, give me five more minutes on this. And if I'm not done telling the story, (laughs) cut me off (laughs) and we'll move on. I told her, you have to set boundaries with me because I'll just, I'll go all day. (laughs) So I felt, I really felt strongly I needed to, um, set a boundary with this guy. So, I very politely went up to him while he was engaging in one of these behaviors and I asked him not to. He ignored me. Um, he really literally didn't even acknowledge me. Part of me thought maybe he's mentally ill. Um, then, a couple of weeks later, now every time I see him doing it, it like irritates me, but I'm like, I, what am I going to do? I already confronted him. He's not, he's <laughs> not. Um, respecting it. So what am I going to do? And I would get triggered every time I saw him, I would get aggravated. And I felt helpless. I felt like I have no power over this situation. I did not feel like I was embodying masculinity or sovereignty. I felt really like off my sovereignty because of it. And so again, a few more times I tried, uh, you know, one of the times I really lost it with him and I was screaming at him and cursing at him. And, but you know, that didn't do anything either. So, um, I don't know, like two weeks ago, he's there again. So I sit down next to him and I try the nice way again. And when he didn't, he didn't respond. He was, he does like this thing where he likes to mumble nonsense, like craziness about the Illuminati and skull and bones and stuff like that. Like just to make me think he's crazy. So I said, what do I have to do? Do I have to go upstairs and get a bat? Now I had the dog with me. So I didn't want, if I was going to get into a scuffle with this guy, I wasn't going to be with the dog. So I brought the dog back up. I went back down or I came up, I got a bat and I started back towards the apartment door and I stopped myself and I said, do you really want to do this? It's Friday. And if you get into a fight with this guy and you get arrested, you're probably going to be in holding until Monday when you get arraigned. So Is that how you want to spend your weekend? We had a cacao ceremony planned that weekend, but something said, yes, go. So I stepped outside the door. I get down to the lobby again. Now I see him through the window. He's still there and I stopped and I said, okay, you're sure. You sure you want to go through with this as I'm like hesitating and just thinking about it, he stands up and he starts to walk away. So I was like, do it. So I go. I go out and he's starting to walk away and I I called after him and I was like, look, I'm done with this behavior. The the neighbors here don't, aren't going to tolerate it. Do not come back here. And I had the bat in my hand and he, he yelled, he turned around and he yelled something. He cursed at me. I don't remember exactly what he said. And I said, if you come back, I'm going to fuck you up (laughs) just like that. And I, I had a bottle of, um, I had had a bottle in my hand and I threw the bottle for dramatic effect. It was a little (laughs) bit of like chest beating, right? (laughs) So then he, when I did that, he turned around, he came back. But it's funny because he didn't really come up to me. He just, he started back towards me, but still kind of kept a distance. But this was the first time he was actually even acknowledging me, looking me in the eye. And I could see like his consciousness. I could see that we were finally communicating instead of him just like ignoring me. And um, he said, well, come on, let's fight. And I said, <laughs> now that I had his attention, I was like, can't you just be a you know considered person? Why does it have to come to this or something like that? And he goes, suck my rant." And I said, if that's what it's gonna take you to leave, and he goes, oh, he acted like he was all offended by it and he, and he storms off. Um, so now as I'm coming back into the building, I realize, I don't have all those feelings of like the adrenaline dump and the cortisol from potentially getting into a fight. I've always, anytime there was ever going to be a physical confrontation, because I don't do not enjoy it, I don't like it, I always have those feelings. And then you feel sick afterwards and you're trembling. It didn't happen. So I realized, oh, this is the difference between like getting into a barroom brawl or a street fight and consciously and awarely. Uh, with awareness use uh, setting a boundary and being willing to defend that boundary with physical force if necessary my body i was in control my consciousness was in control my body understood my consciousness was in control i didn't feel like a victim to the situation i wasn't in in fear if the guy decided he wanted to fight, I was ready. I had the bat, so I felt like, all right, at least it, you know that's a little bit of an evening. He's a big, he's a bigger guy than me, so <laughs> I felt like the bat would even the score a little bit. Um, anyway, it didn't come to that, which I'm grateful for. At the same time, I'm really grateful for the lesson. And it's funny because I have an oracle deck. It's a fairy oracle deck that I work with um, because I've been I've been digging into my um, Celtic heritage. Um, and, you know, fairies are a big part of the Celtic mythology and, and storytelling. And so I have this fairy oracle deck and I had pulled the card the day before this happened. This last confrontation, I pulled a card and I forget the, the troll's name. It's this little gremlin. And the gremlin's purpose is to exaggerate our fears so that we have to face them. So this is what this guy was. He was. He was the embodiment of this like Loki, playful trickster energy. Uh, he was gonna mess with me until I stood up for myself. And do you know that he disappeared? He has not been back in two weeks.
0: And we haven't, I was actually thinking about that today cause I was walking the dog and I was like, I haven't even seen him walking around the neighborhood. Cause I used to see him before in or around the neighborhood. And I was like, oh. I'm like this guy totally disappeared, <laughs> so it was um, pretty. It was pretty interesting. It, it was yeah. <laughs> it was
1: really an amazing lesson, and I struggled with it for a few weeks. I struggled with it in the conflict with Cookie and the conflict with this guy, but really it was such a beautiful and powerful lesson. I now, in hindsight, um, as Carla says, I can really appreciate it and even appreciate the conflict. And almost feel like this guy, maybe he was an angel, you know, like just coming to teach me that lesson. He played that role of the villain, uh, taught me that lesson. And then
0: plot (laughs) twist. What if it all is that? (laughs) (laughs) What if it's all an angel? What if it's all just consciousness trying to teach us lessons so that we can embody the things that we learn, right? Because it's one thing to know to learn something, to go experience sacred combat and understand that. And it's another thing to truly embody it and put it into practice. Because what's the point of us learning all of these things if when we come back into the real world after a long retreat, we don't embody this with yep. the people that we interact with on a daily basis. So it's that's a beautiful lesson of bringing those uh, teachings into, into real life, right? And I think sometimes when we are in spiritual circles or spiritual groups, we tend to separate the two, right? Oh, that when I'm in ceremony, this is who I am. When I am in um, at my retreat with my friends, with the people that are doing the work, this is how we exist. But when I come back into the real world, those people don't understand those rules. So they, they wouldn't understand if I tried to engage in to combat but that's the thing right once you come in with the energy of sacred combat there's it it all becomes sacred whether the other person knows it or acknowledges it or not it you're embodying what you've learned and you're pouring that into the into the real world right? he
1: could feel the energy of it yeah the, the same way cookie could feel the energy of it he knew that i was willing to defend and stand up for these boundaries i was trying to set and he felt the energy even if i didn't say you know, let's set some ground rules for the sacred. Exactly, combat, right? exactly. We understand the energy of it and it all resolved in I think the way it was supposed to. So yeah, that was, that was a, one of the profound themes I think for me in 2021 was really learning how to, and not that I'm done <laughs> in any way, this was just the first lesson <laughs> this year. tip
0: of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but I'm really grateful for it. It was really, it's really been good. Good job. Thank you. You let me go over five minutes, though. <laughs> you did not enforce the boundary. You need to work but on the your story. Masculine. But
0: the story was really good. Like Elisa says, hi, Elisa. Hi, Russell. Hi, Kendall. <laughs> We're live streaming simultaneously on Instagram for the first time. So this is, this is going to be interesting and fun. Um, yeah, so that was a huge lesson. And I think for us this year, it uh, was a lot of coming into balancing that right balancing what we were learning in the spiritual aspect and and bringing it into real life how do we how do we bring this into something tangible and you know one of the things we've always said about sovereign in the city is you don't have to move to the woods you don't have to go live in a secluded place um Danny used to say at one point if i go if i take the next steps in my spirituality i'm gonna have to become a monk and i thought i was
1: gonna to have to be jesus or buddha
0: yeah and so here we are living in brooklyn dealing with very brooklyn things and yeah. and and bringing that spirituality those spiritual teachings into that daily daily life and that's that's the work right that's that's where we really embody what we've learned
1: that's when we're bringing heaven down to
0: exactly. earth exactly hi christina is in those moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've had a lot of um, interesting experiences this year. This year, we started working on um, offering ceremonies. Um, We did a lot of ceremonies this year, and uh, that was really exciting. At one point in the beginning of the year, we had um, we had set the intention to open up a cava and cacao bar um, where we were going to introduce ceremony to people through through that um through having a storefront and having people come in and and being able to sit in ceremony with us um but it didn't happen and um as time went on we realized all of these mandates and all of these changes we were like wow the best that was the best thing that we didn't actually open up the storefront because we would have been in a really difficult position um we would have either had to go against our beliefs or we would have had to engage in situations where we could potentially be shut down lose Mm -hmm. our business and all these other things and you know when you start to surrender and trust the will of the universe the will of god or however you want to call it um you start to realize how new doors start to open up. And we had some really beautiful ceremonies. We met some amazing people mm-hmm. over this year. Um, we did some great ceremonies with the Magnificent turnout in New Hampshire, at Porkfest, at Light and, Light and Liberty Fest. Um, and then here in New York City, we were invited in on a couple of occasions and uh, mm-hmm. to to host ceremonies for people. And it's really beautiful to start seeing our community grow. We're starting to connect with more people and more people are interested in the ways of community and ceremony. And, um, you know, earlier we were talking to our friends at um Omsiel Healing Sanctuary, which is where we do our ice baths. And, you know, we were talking about the fact that we can look at the things that are happening out in the world and get stressed about it and, and get frustrated and angry and want to run away and let's move somewhere else where they can't get us. Um, But the truth is that as a result of all of these changes, as a result of the mandates of, of things, the shadows coming up, right? We are finding our community. Mm-hmm. and i think in the years where that wasn't the case in the year where we were just cruising on by because things were okay um we weren't connecting with community as much this has created a need for community and more and more people are turning to community and who do i connect with who do i resonate with who do i talk to who can i come and and our spiritual work started coming to the forefront and um we were actually expressing how grateful we were for all of the, the changes that have happened um, in this past year, because it has opened the doors for us to connect with more people and and start building these strong stronger communities.
1: Yeah. Um, the pandemic has, done, has kind of um, forced a lot of people to get more creative about problem solving. And so we, instead of opening the storefront, now we're doing private ceremonies for people. And honestly, we're really, they're such profound and powerful experiences. I don't know that they would have happened in the context of a store, of a cafe, right? Um, to be able to do a private ceremony with, you know, 10 people where we're all focused and sitting together rather than being able to try to, talk to people one on one about sacredness. and
0: as people are coming in and out yeah. so there's a lot of commotion happening
1: a lot of healing and that's not even you know patting ourselves on the back we've received a lot of healing from the ceremonies that we've done but we've also gotten amazing feedback from from others as well and it's just been really beautiful and that was also one of the things for me that has been a real struggle this year because you know I do construction and I'm tired of it. I don't want to work hard anymore. I want to shift or I am shifting um, into a more a, a life of service of, of ministry of doing c- uh, ceremonies pro- professionally, you know, being supported by that. So we're, uh, we're shifting into that. And it's happening. We're getting hired to come to ceremonies. And it's been amazing. So you know, it's slow. It's not like I just from one day to the next quit. Uh, construction and just start doing ceremonies. But we have made that conscious decision to shift our lives that way. And it's manifesting happening. And we're being given opportunities now. um, After we took that um, the chance of of refocusing that way.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the things that helped us and we started shifting, especially um, this past month, um, we started setting the intention to have ceremony every morning. So every morning, Danny and I sit and have a cacao ceremony, um, we prepare our cacao, we sit together at the dining table, we uh, set intentions for our cacao, and to connect with the spirit of our business. Um, I'm having cacao right now. <laughs> to connect with the spirit of our business, what the vision that we want to share with others. Um, and a lot of stuff comes up in these morning meetings and these morning ceremonies. And it's such a beautiful way to start our day. And it's something that we like to share with people when we offer ceremonies is that you don't need to have a huge production to make a ceremony. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can literally sit at your table with your cup of water, your cup of coffee, your tea, your green juice, whatever you drink first thing in the morning and set intentions for it um, set um, offer gratitude for the water, right? Offer gratitude for the tea, for the leaves, for the plants, for the earth. Um, if it's a green juice, offer gratitude for Mother Earth for providing the the nutrients that are going to enter your vessel, and ask that you are that you can be an open vessel for whatever spirit God wants to bring out in you for you to the rest of the world and um the more we do this the more in tune we feel the more aligned we feel with our purpose and then the opportunities just come up like danny said that card comes up so we pull cards in the morning Mm -hmm. too then that card comes up and now it's there right it's it's a thought in it plants a seed so now this this interaction happens and he can be really angry or he can look at it as wait a minute is this my fear manifesting has my fear manifested in human form? And how am I going to approach this fear? And when we start looking at all things through the lens of ceremony, through the lens of learning, through the lens of service, then everything just shifts dramatically. That interaction could have gone horribly wrong.
1: Yeah. I mean, there there's a thousand ways I could have handled it. I could have called the police, which is against my principles. I, I don't want to call the police. And I struggled with that. Like, how else am I going to stop this from happening? And I know the other, my other neighbors would have a problem calling the police. So part of me was like, well, you could just call the police and tell yourself that somebody else was going to call them anyway. And I, I really didn't. I would have not been integrity to do that. I don't believe in calling police or depending on government. You know, I'm an anarchist and I'm very committed to those principles. Um, so once I got rid of that idea that, you know, that was not something I was willing to do. And then imagine that. Imagine imagine that um, I would have called the police and what if they would have killed him? What if they would have come and shot him? You know, and how would I have felt? But anyway, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I. uh, There's some comments coming in that are. Not really appropriate, distracting me. I'm sorry. (laughs) What was the. Spam. uh, spam comments, yeah.
0: Yes. um, Yeah, so that was a huge lesson. Um, What else? I mean, I feel like this year was, especially the second half of the year, mm-hmm. we kind of dove deep. We went really, really deep into our shadow work and in a way that didn't feel overwhelming. And I think that um, this is something that I would like for people to know is that once you start getting into the routine of doing your shadow work, of observing your reactions, of observing your emotions, that the shadow work doesn't feel, um, doesn't feel scary anymore. It doesn't feel overwhelming or as overwhelming anymore. You can, you can get into the shadow work and it's just part of the process. You just flow with it. Oh, here's something to look at. You know, let's just keep flowing with it. I, um, we got sick back in November. Mm -hmm. And, um, so for me that brought up some childhood stuff that I didn't realize. Um, and it was a very interesting way of looking at my shadow work. So, um, Danny got sick first. And, uh, so Danny was sick, was home in bed. Um, Xander was with us for two weeks straight. Um, usually he's here half the week. So he was here for two weeks straight. His
1: mother and his grandparents all had COVID and his grandparents were in the hospital so and his mother was sick to take care of him so we kept him even though i was sick
0: and we have the puppy also so i had like i felt like i had all of these responsibilities all of a sudden and it felt um pretty overwhelming because usually you know if he's here half of the week then i know the other half it's like okay i can take a break and you know get my stuff done um so it was it was really overwhelming to have that for two weeks and then i started feeling sick too and once i started feeling sick um one of the first things Danny said to me was you're okay (laughs) and that like triggered something right away where i was like why is he telling me i'm okay i don't feel okay why would he say that to me is he dismissing it is he saying that it doesn't matter if i don't feel okay that i have to be okay anyway and it triggered a lot of things in me that i didn't realize like i didn't realize in the moment i just knew that it was it irritated me that he said that and um Then a couple of days later i had a a slight fever and i was like okay well let me take a test to make sure before i go spend time with my parents and when i tested positive danny was like oh like what made you get tested And, and that irritated me even more and i was like well because i wanted to know before i go spend time with my parents and then i said don't worry i don't need you to take care of me and that like that shocked him and After I said it, it shocked me too, where I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, why don't I want my husband to take care of me? Or why am I feeling defensive that I'm like, oh, I don't need you to take care of me. I'll take care of myself. Like I got really like hyper and, and really defensive and it was a little bit shocking. And one of the things that we've learned, um, in terms of shadow work and healing ourselves is to ask ourselves when we're triggered, what age am I right now? And I realized that it was triggering my childhood self, like my grammar school, age self. And when I was little, um, both of my parents were working. Um, my mom worked in a factory my dad worked in a restaurant. They were constantly working. We had a babysitter that picked us up after school and it was always rush, rush, rush. My parents couldn't take days off from work for anything. You know, it it had to be a real emergency. So there were times where I didn't feel well and I didn't want to go to school and I wanted to stay homesick. And my parents said, no, sorry, you can't stay home. We, you know, it's just not an option. Um, and it was all, it was more like, you're not dying. you're not dying. There's no need for you to stay home. <laughs> and I, as an adult, I could look back and say, okay, I understand my parents, the position they were in. It was difficult for them the logistics of having to pay a babysitter to take care of me for the day to make sure that, that there was a babysitter available to take care of me for the day. And, you know, do they really want to open it up for any time I say I don't feel well to stay home, you know, especially as, 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 um, (laughs) as children, you know, there, there were times where I just didn't want to be in school. It wasn't that I didn't feel good. I just didn't want to go to school. And so I could see them, the reasons why perhaps they were hesitant to let me stay home from school. But that led me to believe as a child that I didn't deserve the care, right? My, my 10-year-old self was thinking, oh... Maybe you don't deserve the care. Maybe, you know, the other kids, their parents let them stay home from school, but not you. You don't deserve that, right? Those were the voices that my ego, those things my ego was telling me at that age. As an adult, I could empathize with my parents and say, okay, I understand it. Because as, an, as a parent, as a co-parent, I understand the difficulties of taking care of a child all day long, right? Uh, the logistics of when, when we have to rearrange schedules and how complicated things can get. And especially for my parents at that time, I could see that. But what hadn't healed was the 10-year-old me. Right? The 10-year-old me never got told, it's okay for you to be sick. It's okay for you to need rest. It's okay for you to stay home and rest if you don't feel well. So I had to sit with myself, speak to my younger self and say, it's okay to be sick. It's okay for you to want to stay home in bed. And you deserve to stay home in bed. It's totally fine. And I realized that I would feel guilty. I'm still, I'm still working through those feelings because there are still moments where I'm tired and I just wanna lay home, lay in bed for the day. And you know, if Danny's out working, then I kind of feel guilty if I'm home in bed, when I know he's having a rough day at work. It's almost like I feel like I need to be doing something too so that he's not feeling like he has to do all the heavy work while I'm home just laying in bed watching TV all day. Which is a joke we have at home now. <laughs> so for me, that was a huge lesson of allowing myself to rest, allowing myself to receive the help, allowing my, myself to care for myself when I'm tired, when I'm not feeling well, and that I don't have to justify the need for self-care. So that was a huge, um, and I think one of the things that was so surprising to me was recognizing the difference between understanding things as an adult and then having to talk to myself as a child and speak to the inner child speak to that that wounded inner child and the thing is when you do something like that when you speak to your inner child you bring that part back in right that's the soul fragmentation when you're young and you experience a trauma or a disappointment there's a part of you that kind of shuts down right and it's like oh i'm not allowed to stay home and, and be sick i'm not allowed to take care of myself. let me just shut down and not ask for that ever again right because i don't deserve it and when you start heal- healing those parts of yourself then that part of you comes back that part of you that's like oh yeah i don't feel well i can ask to stay home i can allow myself to stay home in bed and rest and then you start coming back to yourself and that's part of you being more whole right you're no longer operating in defense mechanisms so now next time danny tells me i'm okay when i'm not feeling well i can say yeah i'm going to be okay but right now i don't feel okay and i think i just need rest and i can feel comfortable in saying that without it being defensive like i don't need you to take care of me i'll take care of myself (laughs) But that was a huge lesson and it's it's in- interesting how those patterns can continue, right? Because I could just as just as easily been like, okay, whatever, I had an attitude and we would have just ignored it and left it like that. And next time that would have happened, it would have gotten worse, right? I would have gotten defensive again. I would have said, you never care about me. You don't care about how I feel. And he would have been super confused because he has no idea the experience I had as a child and how that marked my ability to rest
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and it's been a struggle for us because over the years that has been danny's thing where he'll tell me like just rest just take a break (laughs) so now you know know, right
1: before we got on the air she was like running around doing all this stuff i was like i don't you know she talks about all the energy we put into the show but then she's running around cleaning before we're gonna do the show (laughs) why
0: no i was knitting before
1: oh well, yeah, right before the show, but earlier.
0: <laughs> yes, earlier in the day.
1: <laughs> um, I wanted to say that one of the things that I really like about doing the morning... Um,
0: <laughs> Hi, Antonio.
1: <laughs> I, one of the things that I really enjoy about the morning ceremonies was that, you know, since getting the dog, uh, he wakes us up sometimes 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning to go out. Um, you know, he's a puppy, he can't hold it as long. And so I miss the time where, when we first wake up, we would cuddle in bed for a little bit before one of us had to get up. And you know, that the puppy kind of, that's one of the things that I was really kind of angry about with the (laughs) dog, that he kept waking us up so early and I'd be like this. So, um, but now we're not cuddling per se, but we are spending quality time together. So that's like 30 minutes of quality time that we're getting together every morning that, that's how we're starting our day. It's like such a nicer, even if we weren't like talking to God as well, you know, like even if we weren't giving gratitude and, and centering ourselves spiritually in that time, just spending time, that quality of time presence. together is nourishing in the morning. Before I go out to spend my day, my work day is a lot less aggravating. I'm not focused on the aggravation of the work as much as I am like. The, still the, the residual feelings of having that uh, quality time with my beloved. So Yes,
0: <laughs> and I think, you know, that, that kind of goes into our love languages also, right? Which is something that we've explored a lot this year as well. Mm-hmm. The The fact that we have very different love languages, for me, it's it's definitely quality time. So when we have that time in the morning um, where we are present with each other, where we speak to each other, our intentions, our plans, the things that we are um, looking to accomplish For the day for the week of the ideas that we have talking about our the dreams you know i i dream a lot and i do a lot of work in my dreams so when i wake up i just want to share i'm like oh my god i had this dream and um so being able to have that time together definitely sets the tone in a different way Mm -hmm. for not just for our personal like days, but for our relationship as well. Right. Sometimes there were times where we would wake up and we each kind of go about our day, do our own thing. And when you have that foundation of the first 30 minutes of your day is spent together being present, that creates a totally different dynamic.
1: Yeah. Sometimes we, I would come home after work and have, I had an aggravating day. I'm exhausted. My back hurts. It's harder to get back into that intimacy and you know days turn into weeks sometimes right you where you're not really connecting the way you really want to be and you end up becoming a little bit cranky with yourself but also like subconsciously with your partner as if as if the the lack of intimacy is their fault um and so that just continues to drive the rift to to widen the rift between you so i feel like the our morning ceremonies are kind of preventative medicine against Yeah. yeah so highly recommend them and you know we love cacao as a alternative to coffee um you know when i learned that coffee just shuts off your body's ability to know you're tired i didn't know this i thought you drink coffee you get energy apparently no you don't get energy it just shuts off your body's ability to know it's tired so basically you're running on fumes you're drinking coffee your body you don't you don't consciously know you're tired so you just keep going 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 and you're burning yourself out and that's why you
0: crash afterwards when the coffee (laughs) wears off (laughs) and then you
1: crash and you're burning yourself out um so that's why we ended up switching to cacao because not only because we do the cacao ceremony it's just because it's a nutritious way to start the day um it actually gives you um energy and nutrition but um like vanessa said i mean you can do that with coffee it doesn't have to be you know um or or water, um, if you're familiar with Masaru Emoto, and the experiments he did with water, where um, the water that he spoke um, positive messages to, uh, when it crystallized, it crystallized uh, when he froze it, it, it crystallized into these beautiful snowflake patterns. Um, but water that he spoke negatively to, uh, cursing at and and just you know uh, negative affirmations. Or well, not negative affirmations, but insults. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, when it crystallized, it was all deformed. Um, so that was like kind of like an illustration of um,
0: of the power of the power your words of, and 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 the power, intent. yeah, and and the water, right? The water, what you're putting into your body, so you can literally have a glass of water yeah a blessed speak words of affirmation thank you for nourishing me and for me it's also about connecting with nature so that was another thing that we did this year was that we started digging more into our indigenous roots Mm -hmm. um we are going to be speaking um we're going to have a guest on the show uh in a few weeks um our friend kale is going to be on and we're going to be talking about um re um there's a lot of talk these days about um decolonizing, and we love the concept of re-indigenization. And so for us, that has meant digging into our indigenous roots. Um, For me, it's my Aztec roots. For Denny, it's his Celtic roots. And as we start looking into these, these indigenous ways, we realize that they're all very similar. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the things that I was, you know, the, one of the things I realized, well, yeah, they're all very similar because all of these indigenous ways are rooted in the connection to nature. So there are all of the, the mythology, all of the ideas, all of the, um, the ways of, of life are connected to, Um, nature, the cycles of the moon, the cycles of the, just in general, the, the seasons, um, the celestial bodies, it's all a reflection of that. And so as we started, um. Learning about our indigenous roots, we realized that they were very similar in so many ways. And in doing so, we began to connect to nature more and realize, like for example, when you drink water, you're connecting to the water element. And what does that look like? And are you thanking the water? Are you thanking the earth for providing the water? Are you thanking the earth? You know, do you go out and ground your feet, right? Do you plant your feet on the on the actual earth? Um, we do that a lot. Um, We connect to fire, we connect to all of the elements as often as possible. And in doing so we realized it was easier to flow with those cycles as well. And it's a lot harder to be in resistance when you're flowing with the cycles of nature. So that's been a really fun lesson.
1: And it's not, I mean, it's not that, that difficult for me to be in resistance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, as I've said on the show before, I like to do things the hardest way possible, although I'm trying to get out of that habit, but. it's <laughs> a nice story you've got there. <laughs> <laughs> I have been that type of person. But
0: <laughs> yes, we're moving out of that and starting to flow.
1: So what are our intentions for 2022? Hmm. I know for me, aside from becoming less resistant and trying to get more into flow with nature, which includes and en- encompasses balancing my masculine and feminine so that I can be more of the healthy versions of both, um, uh, moving into a life of service, moving more into, uh, professionally speaking, um, getting away from, uh, construction work and more into ceremonial work. Um, that is really probably my, and and to embody the sovereignty and the confidence that comes, that then allows abundance to flow. That's what I'm working on is allowing abundance to flow through me, to let go of the stress of worrying about, I need to have a job doing cacao ceremonies isn't a job, you can't support yourself that way. Um, And there's a scripture in Matthew six that says that if the grass in the field grows and the birds in the air have food and they don't work, if God takes care of them, how much more will he take care of you? So I've really been trying to internalize that and realize that I can step away from that construction work. I don't have to be super worried or super like left brain, logical mind, masculine, I can balance that with with the faith, with more the feminine side of flowing in love and compassion and faith and hope that I'm gonna be taken care of. And I know I'm gonna be taken care of. I always have been. Um, and that doesn't mean that there aren't struggles. There are always struggles, but with struggles come lessons. And then on the other side of that struggle or lesson is a blessing. So that's what I mean by flowing in abundance. I don't mean that I'm going to be rich and never have money problems again or never have challenges ever again. I don't even want that. Um, But just that I'm not going to be swinging. I don't want to swing a hammer anymore. I want to connect with people. That's what I really enjoy. You know, we hadn't done the show for a while and um, a friend of ours invited us on his podcast. And after we got off, I was having trouble. Vanessa was asking me the earlier that day or the day before, well, what do you want to do creatively? Like what kind of creative outlet do you want to do? Like, and I was struggling with the answer. And then we did the interview and I was like this, this is what I want to do. I love this connection, the being in the flow, connecting with people in the audience, the comments that come through. And the feedback that we get from other people when they see us, oh, I love this episode. Oh, this this really helped. Like that is what I really, live. that's what lights me up. And so I knew, I was like, that's what I want to do. We've got to restart the show. (laughs) We've got to get back into it with gusto. Um, I want to put a lot more. So we're going to be doing, making a lot of changes and upgrades. And I'm going to be playing around a lot with the technology of how to make the show better. of course, we're always looking to expand our heart space so that we're continuing to share from our heart with you guys so that it's always, that none of it's fluff, right? We don't want to be, fluff. I saw a meme today that it was like, stop with the fluff and just open your heart and like, you know, like Instagram influencer type stuff that's like fluffy and it looks good and it's shiny and glittery. But, but it's, no heart. But
0: yeah, no no real substance. We
1: don't want to do that. We want to be giving our, of our hearts. That's why we started this podcast was to just really share. And I mean, we've shared some pretty deep stuff, like honestly, stuff that we really don't even talk to our families about, although if they're watching the show. <laughs> um, but uh we really want it, want it to be us sharing our hearts with you. And it's not like, again, we've said this many times, we're not gurus and we're not here to like you know, tell you what to do or how to live your lives. We're just sharing what is working for us. And if you find some value in that, that's awesome. And that's a blessing. And that's really what we want to do is bless others.
0: Yep. That's my
1: 2022 intention. What's yours?
0: What's mine? My intention is also to be more vulnerable. Um, I, I can be vulnerable in this setting when I'm with you. I have a hard time sometimes putting myself up there a little bit more. So I'm trying to get out there um, a little bit more this year and share more of my story, more of the things that I'm working through, of the lessons. Um, We've learned some really valuable lessons. And I think that I agree with what you said about us sharing in vulnerability. Um, And yeah, we're not gurus. But I think for me, what this is about is creating community, right? Allowing, opening up the conversation so that the things that we go through, everybody goes through. And sometimes we don't talk about it. We put up these, these social media lives where everything's great, everything's wonderful.
1: Flexing flexing for social yeah, media yeah right?
0: yeah and when we We're flexing start flexing our shadows we realize that when we yeah <laughs> when we've shared things like that people have responded and said oh my god yeah I, that's happened to me too or i'm struggling struggling through that when we sit in ceremony and open up the circle for sharing um, what ends up happening is people people share these really deep and vulnerable things and as a community we hold them and we hold space for them as they work through it. We offer uh, the advice that that anybody in the circle has. We are all learning from each other, teaching each other. We're all walking each other home, as they say. And it's beautiful to be able to create those spaces for people to, for all of us to do the work because we're in there doing the work as well. Um, the work never ends (laughs) um (laughs) so yeah i think for me it's it's being more outspoken um outspoken offering myself to be of service a lot more um by being vulnerable by being open and i feel like i had another producing
1: more content
0: producing more content for sure yeah I think I have a lot of things that I have in my head half written. So um, my plan is to be a little bit more organized this year so that I can get out some more content and um, we can share as much as we can, as much as we're led to share. Mm -hmm. And all of the things that we share have always been led through the heart, mm-hmm. through our experiences, through the things that we've gone through. And we've realized that the things we go through are not just meant to be challenges for us, God trying to punish us. These are things that are meant to mold us as human beings and to help us to help each other, right? And and it's, ultimately
1: to expand consciousness. Yeah,
0: to to expand the consciousness of the collective, of, of our, of our brothers and sisters right of everybody out here on the planet and when we do it openly and we do it together it happens quicker than if we're just here sitting holding on to our lessons and everybody struggling individually um we can come together and help each other and we saw that a lot in in um, our light and liberty ceremonies there were a lot of people that came together shared their stories and it's such a beautiful thing to be in community and share those things um and we connect on a deeper level, and I think that we're shifting as a society into that, and I'm really excited for this new year. Um, my best friend earlier sent me a message, and you know we were wishing each other a happy new year, and she was like, and happy new world." She was like, "It's a new world," and and it really is, and I'm really excited to see um, all the people showing up in this new world, um, and I think that a lot of a lot of us are here um, trying to be vulnerable and open and sharing sharing what we know, what we have, the pieces of the puzzle that we have, and we can all put it together for the new world. Amen. <laughs> all right. What else we got?
1: I I mean, I feel-
0: I think we're I done. I feel complete.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I want to thank everybody who showed up today. We do have a few um, announcements, so don't go anywhere. Um, But I do want to thank everybody. You know, I know it's New Year's Eve. Everybody's busy. Maybe people are getting ready to go out. Although I know, in the age of COVID, we don't go out anymore. So I don't know. Very often. We're having
0: ceremony tonight. (laughs) We're having ceremony with
1: the two of us tonight. Um, That's going to be beautiful. And um, so I do want to thank everybody who took time out of their uh, New Year's Eve to spend with us. We appreciate you. We love you. And this really is for you. As far as the announcements, whoop. Nope. I just (laughs) kicked kicked the Instagram. As far as the announcements, we have some exciting shows coming up. And we already plugged Kale, but I will, let's plug him again. He's going to be on January 9th. That is our next show next Sunday. And we're going to be talking about re-indigenization, as Vanessa said. And then, the following week, the 23rd, we are so excited to have Charlie and Shelly Winninger. Some of you probably know about them. Uh, Charlie is the author of the book, Listening to Ecstasy, The Transformative Power of MDMA. Vanessa and I have experienced the transformative power of MDMA. We were on the Today Show talking about it a few years ago, you may remember. That's what kind of sparked this podcast to come into creation. Um and we are so excited. The book is amazing. So if you want to read the book before the show next week, Charlie it's and Shelly. It's also Shelley... on
0: Audible if you just want to listen to it. Yes, true.
1: <laughs> Shelly and Charlie are just beautiful people. And we got to, they invited us to um, their house for Christmas for, for a Christmas potluck. Um, with other psychonauts, and it was psychonauts, for those who don't know, it's not like psychos. It's <laughs> it's people that use psychedelics.
0: To expand their consciousness.
1: Right, and um, they invited us to their potluck, and it was just a really beautiful night of sharing. It was a ceremony, and um, we are so excited to have them on the show to tell their story, which is a beautiful story as well. Um, and then we were excited um, invited to speak at the greater reset. So some of you may have heard about this, the greater, the great reset, which was the, U, one of the UN programs and it's, you know, more corporate fascism coming down in the, you know, under the guise of humanitarian aid. Um, but the greater reset is kind of this spiritual anarchist alternative. And we were invited to speak about spiritual sovereignty. So we are taking a road trip down to Texas. They are going to be filming in Texas and Mexico. They're going to be um, live streaming from those two locations. But you can um, sign up at thegreaterreset.org. It's free. You can watch the whole conference. It's four days, I believe, four or five days. Uh, starts on January 26th, uh, thegreaterreset.org and you get free access to all the speakers. And if you wanna save it, they have a pass that I believe is a hundred dollars and you can download and save all of the speeches. Amazing people are gonna be, be participating in this. Ben Swan is speaking, um, Joel Salatin, um, uh, uh, Robert Kennedy, Robert Kennedy is speaking. <laughs> I mean, like these are the people that, that we're gonna be on stage with, it's crazy. Um, we're going to be on stage with Robert F Kennedy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> check out thegreaterreset.org. We are really I'm really excited about this. Um, I'm excited too. That we were exci- <laughs> that we were invited to participate in the greater reset. So, um we're going it's going to be in Austin or or right outside of Austin. Yes. Um so yeah, that's it. And if you don't already, please follow us on socials, you know, in the age where especially during COVID, they really ramped up the censorship. So we like to plug the censorship-free sites like Minds.com, Float App, and Odyssey. These are three sites that are run by anarchists and they do not believe in censorship. So they're not going to censor your content if you talk about how you didn't want to get the vaccine. Um, You can follow us there. Of course, we're also on all the mainstream um, sites as well
0: sorry (laughs) hi lane hi kendall we love you guys too (laughs) Uh, so you can
1: follow us on these um
0: on facebook on instagram on twitter on youtube
1: and if you really love our content and you want to help support us so that we can move out of i can move out of construction and, and more into ceremony you can check us out on patreon and we have some cool perks on there including some of vanessa's artwork i will have art of vanessa's artwork for next week's show And we will give you an opportunity to buy her artwork at the end of the show. How about that? Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) She says awesome, but her face is like nervous. She's like, oh.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, But I'm I'm allowing myself to be more open. You're
1: you're working on it. I'm
0: working on it. Um, We want to wish you all a magnificent 2022 um
1: blessings on blessings um blessings in 22.
0: lots of abundance lots of love lots of ease ease i think is a good a good one lots of flow um i receive that may we all flow with the changing times may we surrender and trust that the universe spirit god we are taken care of at all times and um and I'm grateful to all of you for being part of our community, for being part of our circle, for being on this earth during these times with us. This is amazing. We are living some exciting times.
1: <laughs> the challenges are <laughs> pretty exciting, living on the <laughs> like, outright corporate fascism in the United States. It's, all,
0: it's all fun. This the, world, <laughs> the universe is our playground. And I'm super excited that we get to be here with all of you amazing people. Thank you so much. Um, and we wish you just an amazing year.
1: Happy, happy new year. And by the way, if you want to um, get in contact with us to have a private ceremony for you, kava, cacao, psychedelics, uh, sovereignlove.nyc is our new website. Check that out. And uh, we love you all.
0: Bye. Happy new Thank year. Thank you. Happy new year.
1: And that one. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Love Stream podcast. Please subscribe now and join us bi-weekly on Sundays at SovereignLovestream.com for our live video broadcast.
0: Please check out our social media on censorship-free platforms like Minds.com, Float.app, and Odyssey.com.
1: Find links to all of our social media at SovereignLovestream.com.
0: If you would like to support our show with an energy exchange, visit us at Patreon.com slash SovereignLovestream.